Welcome to Today on Broadway for my mama's birthday, Monday, August 30th, Yay. 2021. I am Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, there is so much going on. Um, currently, while we are recording, I believe Elsie Fest is going on. And yeah. just less than an hour after we record, the PBS Wicked concert um, is actually happening. So there's nothing you can do if you're hearing us now about those things, but I am sure that there will be um, tons of opportunities to see clips and stuff from that i have my dvr set to record the wicked concert and i'm sure there will be tons of clips from lc fest yeah Yeah, as there always are um but in the podcast feed over the weekend on this week on broadway james peter and michael welcomed dominic McHugh, no relation to my good friend jennifer McHugh, as far as i know who is a professor and author in musicology who has a new book out called the big parade meredith wilson's musicals which um, as Grace and I, uh, or was it you and me, talked about the fact that uh, uh, a certain um, former Broadway princess who has now probably <laughs> been blackballed didn't realize that Meredith Wilson was it a was man. It was all three of us. I think it was on our was last Schmigadoon roundtable. Oh, was yeah. it? Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, the big parade, Meredith Wilson's musicals from The Music Man to, to 1491. Um, great conversation uh, with them about all of those great things. And... Um, they also discussed um, Rick McKay's uh, Broadway Beyond the Golden Age, which also was a PBS airing um, this month. So definitely check that out. Of course, if you were a member of our Patreon, you got that on Saturday night. Special stuff there. Um, so don't forget to head over to patreon.com slash Radio so you can get all of the goodies um, on Patreon before anyone else or in some cases only on Patreon, which we will be discuss uh, later in this episode. Now, Ashley, I said that there's a lot of things going on um, in the Broadway sphere right now between yeah. the Wicked Concert <sighs> and Elsie Fest, but this week, um, we're going to do a little bit of a throwback, because if you remember, back when things were normal, we used to do a lot of, like, I really this don't. week. <laughs> <laughs> we, I used to go over the theatrical schedule for the week, and while I'm not going to do a full thing, we do have two Broadway shows, nay, two Broadway musicals. Returning to the Great White Way this week. First up, um, they're actually happening at the same time. But first up, I will talk about uh, the Tony-winning musical Hadestown, which will be returning to the Walter Kerr Theater on Thursday, September 2nd. I heard late last week while I was on vacation that they had released some extra opening night tickets. So I don't know if there's any still available. They did. Um, I strongly doubt it. But I was actually surprised to see them and that they weren't like as ungodly as expensive yeah. as you would think they would be. I mean, it's Broadway, so you, they are. Yeah, they yeah. were still expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying um, they were cheap. I'm just saying they were, you know, Bruce. Yeah. Ex- well, is anything Bruce. But the show will return with most of the original Broadway cast with Reeve Carney as Orpheus, Andre DeShields as Hermes, Amber Gray as Persephone, even Obelzada as Eurydice. But... In replacing um, uh, Patrick Page, who is out filming, I believe he's filming the, is it Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell musical TV show? That's what uh, Grace said, and I thought that was already 
done filming, but I guess not. I Maybe thought not. I thought it was the new uh, Julian Fellows Gilded Age thing because I know that's filming and he's in it. But who knows? He's gone for something. Good for him. Yeah, Patrick Page is gone, so that means that um, the former Doctor Frankenfurter and I believe Tony nominee Tom Hewitt mm-hmm. um, is is going to be replacing him temporarily till November. Uh, till November as as the King of the Underworld. I. I when the the tickets originally went on sale for Hades Town, I had a friend who has actually has an American Express card um, look at them for <laughs> me to see because I want I would have flown up to get tickets to the opening night, uh, but they never actually went on like when you all the tickets went on sale. Yeah, though they didn't go on sale, they didn't do the first night sale, which is why these tickets are now slowly coming right, out. Right. Um, but I, so I, if I would have known more than you know four days beforehand, I would have done it. But just to be able to hear Andre say "I" that first time, I, I'm very, very <sighs> jealous of everybody who will be in I the Walter too. Kerr on Thursday night. I am too. I'll be there on Saturday afternoon, though, so I can only be so jealous. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> going going from the Walter Kerr to the Brooks Atkinson. The I I don't know how we're talking about this. I don't think this is reopening, but I also yeah. don't think it's it's a revival. I don't know how we're classifying this. Is like a return engagement? Yeah, of, that's that's what I'm constituting as. Yeah. So I said that wrong. It's not the Brooks Atkinson. That's where it was originally at. It right. is now at the Ethel Barrymore <laughs> yeah. Theater. Um, and this is going to be um a weird one as as waitress returns with a mix of some uh longtime favorites as well as. Um, some of the original Broadway cast. Um, of course, it is going to be led by the show's composer and um, and lyricist uh, Sarah Bareilles, who will be joined um, by Drew Galing, who was the original Broadway Dr. Pometer. Um, she'll be flanked as the, with the other waitresses by Charity Angel Dawson and Caitlin Houlihan, neither of whom were in the original Broadway cast, but were in the show for a long time. Christopher Fitzgerald and Dakin Matthews, um, as well as Eric Anderson, all original Broadway company members will return to their roles. And probably the thing that Grace and I love the most is that Joe Tippett, uh, Sarah Bareilles' IRL BF, um, is in the cast as Earl, the role that he originated in the out-of-town tryout and then did not come to Broadway with because he was a busy, busy TV guy. Um, so they are going to be doing a very different uh, look at their relationship, a much more dysfunctional relationship on stage than they have in real life. Uh, but I've, my love for Waitress is, is well known. Well I love that show. So I'm very excited. Yeah. yeah. And I love Sarah Bareilles. So very excited that this show is back on Broadway, no matter how we're classifying this run. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, the last time I saw it, actually the only time I've seen it in person, uh, was with Sarah Bareilles. And I just thought she was incredible. Same. I yeah. would love to see it again. I know it's not going to happen, but I know some people in my, you know, circle are getting to see waitress for the first time with Sarah Bareilles as well. So I'm yeah. extremely excited for that. Yeah, I've seen it twice. I saw it with Stephanie Torns in one of her mm. mini bridge runs um, where she like bridge between two stars. Uh, but I yeah. saw her and then I saw Sarah and uh, Gavin Creel uh, do it on yes, Broadway as well. Exactly. So very, very fun. All right, Ashley. Uh Hello. Well, that was the fun stuff. So, <laughs> one what, of what a what an end of last week as always. I know. So, I, as some of you know, I was at the beach for the end of last weekend and over the weekend. So, I was very happy to mostly miss out on this controversy until I got back and was able to kind of read up on it. 
But that is that Sir Cameron McIntosh decided to join the likes of J.K. Rowling and let his transphobic flag fly. In an interview with The Telegraph, the British mega producer called having a trans actor play a non-trans role, quote, is gimmick casting. He continued, you can't implant something that is not inherently there in the story or character. That's what I think. Just to do that, that becomes gimmick casting. It's trying to force something that isn't natural. Of course, not only is this absolutely insane to say in theater, Mm, which is a medium in which imagination is required. So in my mind... Everything is possible and nothing is unnatural in theater. Right. But he was also tran- ta- he was also talking about Mary Poppins too, wasn't he? Like that is, I, I, is that it- was with the article. Or, I, I, okay, I'm not sure if that was the context of the question, but okay. most importantly, trans women are women and trans men are men. Correct. So what's what's the problem here, Cam? And perhaps this is the same kind of thinking that only just now gave us our first black Christine Daae and Cam Max mm-hmm. Phantom of the Opera three Weird. and a half decades after it initially opened. Now, to, I guess, to his credit, so to speak, he has often um, done colorblind casting in Les Mis. So I, I don't understand, like for decades now, I, I but I just don't understand. A- anyway, far more insightful and eloquent people than me have chimed in on this. First and foremost, the woman who will reopen Wicked on Broadway is Madame Morrible, Alexandra Billings, who also happens to be trans. She said in an Instagram uh, post, quote, I am an actor. I am Mame. I am Madame Rose. I am Miss Hannigan. And I am Annie Oakley. I am Fontaine. I am an actor, Mr. McIntosh, not a gimmick. Hell she yes. continues, we, we will create that space with or without your consent. See us honor us, and hopefully you will discover your own story in a newness you never knew existed. Now, actually, I am not shocked by Cameron McIntosh's statements, nor am I surprised by the grace that, yeah, nor am I surprised by the grace that Billings displayed in her response. But between this, Laura Osnes, Alice Ripley, and all of the responses to these stories and all of the other garbage we've dealt with lately, I'm just tired of ignorant idiots, especially Mm -hmm. in the theater. We're so used to them in the political discussion in the world around us so far. But but between this and... And and just dumb, selfish people refusing to wear masks. I, I'm just tired of people, which is sad. But True. I I am just kind of at the point where if you say stuff like this, I just whether you're someone I know in real life or not, I'm just kind of over you and have no need mm-hmm. for you in my life. Definitely. Uh, you see, this is what happens when you go on vacation to a lovely it's beach, beach, it's u- beach utopia, and then you come back and you're like, I hate people, but I mean... Yeah, it's my life. It's my fault. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously frustrating. It's exhausting to see, especially for people who work in an industry that, as you said, is built on imagination. And this shouldn't even be like, this isn't imaginative casting. Again, like we said, if you're casting a trans woman in a role traditionally seen played by a cis woman, that's still just a woman playing a woman role. Like that's, you're not necessarily doing anything imaginative. It's not calling for massive creativity to do that. You're just in 2021 and you've caught up with the way the world should be. It's so disheartening though, to see people in a creative industry be like, Oh, I can't imagine that we have this mythical, fantastical character 
uh, it, that should be played exactly the way that it's always been played. And I was like, w- why? And first of all, who asked you? And second of all, why are you the one gatekeeping it? Like, why? Well, why? <laughs> he's gatekeeping it because he's the one who has the money to put on the shows. Like, he I is know, a literal gatekeeper, and I that's know the problem. That. I know that. I know that. And that's, again, frustrating and exhausting. It's and so unimaginative. Like, I can't, I have, I can only speak for myself that I'm not a massive fan of the classics. Of course, there are ones that I love. Sure. But typically, you know, love contemporary theater more. You know, for me as both a theater professional and a theater fan, to hear somebody in charge of theater say, well, we're only going to present classics and we're going to present them as is. Like, I can't imagine anything duller than that. I understand that there are certain roles and certain shows that probably do need to have some of that um, that original intent. Shows where... Um, race and ethnicity, and I guess there might be some that have sure. to do with with where that's inherent to the plot. I get that to tell the story, you have to do that. Beyond that, open up, open up the doors. Let it, whatever. Like, of course, I yeah. don't think. Although now that I'm saying it, like as far I thought, as gender, I, it, that doesn't mean right. that doesn't matter at all. Like you're still you're still you know in the same gender like, would, as the role. You know. I would and love most of to them see... aren't written into it. Sorry, most of them yeah, aren't no, written into the role. Like, there's not anything totally, specific. Exactly. Like, this is a cis character. It's like, where is right. that written in any show ever, and, except for ones that are more modern at this point? Yeah, I'm just over it, and I'm just tired of these people being yeah, the ones to make like, the decisions. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. It's just like <laughs> you're you're just these decisions that they think are gimmicky and creative are not. They're just. They're just casting the actors that should be in roles and are not getting roles. And therefore, you see the opposite, where cis people get to play trans characters. Like, so why, why is it not, why is it not the opposite? Why is that not the gimmick? That's what's so aggravating. Like, why is cis, why are cis people playing trans roles? And that's not considered the gimmick, but the opposite is. I I mean, I think we know why. Yeah, of course we know why. (laughs) Of course we know why. It was rhetorical. Come back. Well, speaking of rhetorical, um, what is the best theatrical news option that you can get via Patreon? That's right. That'd be Broadway Radio. Um, we have been lining up our schedules for a lot of great things happening in September, the first of which will be coming next week as Ashley Grace and I um, have gotten the opportunity to see the Come From Away uh, pro tape or a live capture from stay from the stage um, that'll be released on September 10th. We will be bringing you our round table um, on Patreon only. First will actually be Grace and I doing Passover, which should be on oh, Wednesday, yeah. okay, maybe. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. So we decided be to up wait. This coming Wednesday. Yeah. We decided to wait until after Grace did our own show to focus on some other mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she that's coming this. She was a little busy. Yeah. Yeah, so that's coming this week, and then we'll have Come From Away, and then we'll have some other great stuff Amazing. as well. Yeah, we'll also have everybody's talking about Jamie and Dear Evan Hansen and tons of other stuff that we are really, really excited about. So head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio or broadwayradio.com slash patreon to get into that. 
All right, Ashley. Unfortunately, we have some sad news to share that as most people on social media have uh, have learned on Sunday, the fantastic actor of both stage and screen, Ed Asner, passed away at the age of 91. He was not primarily a theater actor, although he did appear on Broadway four times, beginning, believe it or not, as a replacement in the original Broadway production of the Three Penny Opera. Oh, man. Um, it was a replacement in 1956, a first replacement, I believe, for Mr. J.J. Peachum. He then returned to Broadway in Face of a Hero in 1960, and then he was in the production of Born Yesterday in 1989, um, and then returned to Broadway for the final time um, about a decade ago in Grace. That Born Yesterday was the one that famously starred Madeline Kahn, which yeah. is just, can you imagine Madeline oh, Kahn and the two Ed of them Asner? together? Oh, just my God. absolutely unbelievable. Ed Asner was a seven-time primetime Emmy winner, five of them for portraying Lou Grant um, yep. on multiple different shows, the Mary Tyler Moore show, um, his own show, Lou Grant. Um, he also was known to a lot of people from the Pixar movie Up, in which yeah. he basically, I think, <laughs> played himself. Pretty much. Um, and he also played Santa Claus in the movie Elf. If you look through his IMDb or Wikipedia, there are just literally hundreds you've seen something yeah you've seen something with them and if not a lot of things everything so many things and he kept working until you know now he had a recurring character on grace and frankie a recurring character on me as well i think on dead to me on central park on uh, Cobra Kai, like he was God. just continuing to work all the time, and he was a voice actor that just did voices Majorly. all the time. Um, uh, he was also the former president of the Screen Actors Guild, who w- was actually opposed to the SAG after a merger. Um, so, really, uh, just an incredible guy. There were some beliefs of his uh, surrounding uh, the 9-11 attacks that we aren't going to get into, but maybe mm. him and Christine Ebersol saw eye to eye on some things. Oh, so we're not going to get into those. But um, just an absolutely um, fantastic uh, actor and somebody who did a lot um, for um, substance abuse and mental health awareness yes, um, yes. and stuff like that. He really is a was a treasure. It reminded me of my own grandfather. Um, even when he was mm. old, my grandfather was alive. My grandfather died more than twenty years ago. But um, so our our thoughts are with uh, everybody who loved Ed Asner um, as either a performer or an individual. Definitely, um, but definitely a great. All right, Ashley, real quick. Last week, I think it was you and James who talked about Corey Hawkins, um, yeah. that, um, who's going to be joining the Color Purple movie. We got more potential casting news about that Color Purple movie, um, on Friday, I believe, as the Hollywood Reporter uh, was reporting that the Academy Awards singer, songwriter, her, for those of you who are unfamiliar, her name is H period, E period, R period, is pronounced her. She is in final talks to play Squeak, which would be Harpo's waitress girlfriend turned aspiring singer um, in The Color Purple, so she would be playing with Corey Hawkins. It's a small part in the stage musical, but I figure if you're going to get her 
you're going to want to give her a little bit more than that. This Probably. has not been finalized, but um, if the Hollywood Reporter is reporting it, it's pretty much finalized. Pretty much. Um, that seems like have... ex- extra song territory, too. Like it, the, exactly. The, the Oscar credit bait song. Yeah, she won an Academy Award for her song Fight for You in Judas and the Black yeah, Messiah. Yeah, yeah. Um, she also has a number of Grammy Awards. Um, in addition to that, she's got four of them. Um, we still do not yet know if Cynthia Erivo will be reprising her role in in the film, but that's long been rumored. But with sure. her schedule, who knows? Um, but we will uh, we will see what happens with that. But it definitely seems like this is picking up speed. And I'd love to hear casting for this. Would also love to hear some casting about Wicked as well, which I think is starting mm-hmm. um, pre production and filming later this year too. So we will hear about that eventually as well. All right. In other news, we know that Carmen Cusack will be returning to the Broadway and flying over Sunset at Lincoln Center um, uh, in November. But before she does, she actually has another show lined up. She will be originating the role of Julia Sugarbaker in the stage adaptation of Designing Women that will begin in-person performances on September 22nd at Theater Squared in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And the production will be available to stream starting on October 1st. I have heard some rumors that this is not just planning a Fayetteville, Arkansas run, as one might imagine. We've talked about this show before. This is definitely very much something that is looking to come uh, to New York, especially when you bring someone like Carmen Cusack in for it. Um, So I would not be surprised if this goes uh, designing women in September, October. Flying over sunset um, in November, and then perhaps even bringing this back to Broadway in New York in as early as spring of 2022. That'd be fun. Uh, yeah, I think that Carmen uh, Cusack supremacy. I like it. Very few people will be upset about that. <laughs> That's good casting too. Honestly, I grew it up really, watching really a lot of Designing Women because my mother was a very big fan. Um, yeah, so that's absolutely. that's pretty good because that, that was what Dixie Carter's role, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you should know. know. How dare you? I should. I it's should like know. It's like soap um, opera adjacent. I feel like you should. Yeah, know. Oh no, I watched it. I watched it back in the day as well. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, um, but it was great. You know what's funny is is in Atlanta where I used to live, they had a fairly regular um, drag designing women, which was a parody. As they um, should. Yeah. Um, which was, I mean, it, it, they had like multiple stage shows where I guess it was probably just the scripts of actual episodes and it did, you know, just did them in drag. So, um, so yes. And Ju- yeah. And yes, Julia Sugarbaker was the late great Dixie Carter. There you um, go. There you go. So. Anyway, all right, let's wrap up the show with some feel-good recommendations. I will do them quickly because we are running late. Um, as I mentioned, going on shortly after we are done recording the Wicked in Concert special on PBS, we have a short clip of Amber Riley singing Defying Gravity. Um, and yes, please, for a black woman playing Alphaba. And then yes. we also have some great rehearsal room footage from the Muni for their production of Chicago, which actually begins performances today and runs through September 5th. The best part of this whole footage is Jay Harrison Gee um, uh, playing Velma Kelly, um, ah, which yes. you need to, you absolutely need Amazing. to check out. Absolutely fantastic. So we will have both of those um, videos in the show notes. 
All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt, Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This is Ashley. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Monday. Have a wonderful week. And I think you, Grace and Grace. Ashley tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Grace and Ashley will week. be back. It's a weird week. Our schedule's all thrown off. Anyway, have a wonderful week, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. 